Oh, hey there, folks. I'm popping on to let you know that this is part two of two with the lovely Rachel Green. If you missed last week, it's possibly still on demand here on Sirius. And just go back and listen if you can. Uh, Otherwise, this week might make a little less sense, but it's still hilarious. And you will still get all of the lovely information about tour dates and where you can find her and her new podcast, The Boss Bitch Show, which she has with an earlier guest, Kirsten O'Brien. All of the information is posted in the show notes. And yeah, just make sure that you follow her stuff and support her. She's very, very funny. And she's worked on one of my favorite shows on television. And so I will never stop being jealous of her because she has been in real time in the same room as Mariska Hardegay. And that is just my jealousy knows no bounds. So yeah, make sure you find Rachel on all of the things. And this is part two of two. So let's get on with the show. Oh, hi, you're listening to Service from Hell, a podcast featuring people that are currently in customer service positions or the lucky few that got out and all of the good, bad and infinitely irritating things that go along with that work. I'm actor and writer Kate Gaffney, and I'm uniquely qualified to discuss this as I used to work at a very busy and very popular comedy club in Los Angeles. And at least one of you listening right now has probably grabbed me and told me you were ready to order when I was running around like a crazy person. So let's eat. I'd like to welcome our guest, comic, actor, violinist, singer, and VO artist, Rachel Green. Yes, I said the name you know from a very famous show, but this is her actual name. She's not doing a bit. Rachel is the other half of the wildly successful live comedy show in New York City, The Boss Bitch Show, that is also now a podcast. And you will know her from the TV, though, because she's been on a lot of my favorite shows, but one of them was Law & Order SVU, and I'm definitely asking her about that. The flight attendant inventing Anna, which all of you are upset with just to name a few and has been described as someone who will make you laugh while reading your energy with a crystal up your butt which is a great quote and she would absolutely fit in in LA it's actually fun but as far as odd actually what comes to mind when I worked at the ice cream shop bless his heart the owner was really sweet but he was an alcoholic and a pothead and one day he locked himself in the freezer by accident and so (laughs) oh my god So they had to like, I don't know, they think they had to like, you know, he was in there for a while because, you know, it was either me or my friend Jamie. um, And I think neither of us was there. And I'm a poor thing. Yeah. Bless. I hope he's still alive. I don't know. Wait, did he end up with like hypothermia or anything? Like, did he have to go to the hospital? No, I think it it was only like two hours. So he was just really cold, you know? Oh my God. And so he, was he just like banging and somebody finally heard him? I probably like, I wasn't there for that, but like, Uh -uh. I remember like my friend telling me. Hearing um, about it after the fact. Oh, bless. Oh, yeah. Okay. Was, yeah. You seem to have a pretty chill vibe, so there may not be an answer to this, but was there ever an incident <laughs> where they asked to speak to your manager? Like, uh, you know, they wanted to escalate something or like even, I mean, I guess at a wedding, if you're hired like out as a contractor, there's not a boss to go to, but. Oh, yeah. Like, ugh, I, fuck those people. God. Can I speak to your manager? Oh my God. You know what I did once? Ew, I forgot. (laughs) Like your brain like, like deletes shit. It's really funny. It does. Control, delete it. I did cold calling for publishers clearing house. (laughs) No, you didn't. No, that sounds like an actual nightmare. That fucking sucked. Oh my God. I can't, I forgot about all this shit. I also sold knives for Cutco. No, you didn't. You're not a Cutco <laughs> knife girl. Oh my God. You have to write this down. I'm dead. I totally, like literally my brain erased it. Holy shit. <laughs> 
<laughs> wait, okay, wait, we have to go back to Publishers Clearing House because we have an international audience. Yeah. They may not know what that is. Can you give us a little background? Oh, okay. So, well, okay. So Publishers Clearing House, uh, I don't know what, I, I guess they sell magazines and then they have a sweepstakes, right? Where people can win money. They so and they sh- would show commercials on TV where they'd show up to your door with a big check, and I would call these people to get them to like subscribe to magazines and like buy like burpee seeds, like <laughs> you know, to grow plants. And they'd be like, "Did I win?" And I'm like, "No, no. I'm, I'm really sorry." You know, oh, um, if you buy something, you can be entered to win the sweepstakes. And, oh. oh, poor thing. Oh, that that was such a. Oof. How long did you last? The cutco sucked too. Yeah. Oh, I bet. Yeah. Door-to-door salesmen? Oh, oof, yeah. Oof. Yeah. And it got, you know... Dicey? <laughs> you know, it was mostly like family friends. <laughs> but my dad got so pissed off because he was like, they are like working you like a dog. You're not making any money. And my dad is like this really sweet passive dude. But man, if you piss him off the right way... <laughs> Oh, he wow. comes for you. He called up and he was like, how dare you? Blah, blah, blah. And the dude was like, just speechless. Yeah. Well, but, well Cutco knife selling, as I understand it, is commission only, right? So you only yeah. make... And it's you- not good. And it's, it's it's pyramid marketing. So, you know oh. what I mean? It's, it's multi-level marketing. So you're never going to be at the top, you know? So it's, yeah, that's why that sucks. Oh, I also... Oh, God. Oh, my God. I, I can't. I worked for Primerica for a little bit for one summer. I don't know what that is. Oh, that's multi-level marketing for financial services. Ooh. So like, oh, woof. Um, <laughs> Big woof. Yeah, I learned a lot that summer. I'll bet. And that that one, we were actually going door to door. And I think I lasted for maybe two weeks. Uh, or no, like a month. Yeah, I mean, the the weird thing is that like, you can actually like go train and get like your Series 7 and like, like actually sell financial services, but it is multi-level marketing. So there always is someone above, above you, you, you know? So yeah. you would go knock door to door in various neighborhoods and be like, hey, are you interested in investing in a 401k kind of thing? Uh-huh. Oh, ma'am. Yeah. Oh, that's terrifying. Oh, and would people be so like, weird. were people getting tricked? Or it was like, there actually was, it wasn't like Bernie Madoff. There actually was a 401k. No, I mean, the the, the services themselves were legitimate, right? Oh, okay. Like you, they... They did like insurance and maybe like 401k stuff okay. and um, maybe some investing, but like not, not like stocks. I don't even remember. And it still exists. That's the crazy part. Like it's still out there. I mean, I think for some people, like it, it, it works. They've been successful with it. Yeah, you know? sure. Um, well, some people are, look, if multi-level marketing only works because some people are successful, it's like Mary Kay that everybody talks yeah, about is yeah. technically multi-level marketing, but I know people that have yeah. the car. So it's like, well, they, yeah. you know, it's working for somebody or it wouldn't get to continue. Yeah. Okay. For the, so the Cutco knife thing, you're, how long did you last at that? I think you already answered this. Sorry, but I can't remember. Did you say two weeks? No, that was Primerica. Uh, Cutco was maybe two months. <laughs> oh, okay. So you were more committed. And then your dad yeah. snapped because he was like, she's making no uh, money doing this. Yeah. He was like, she's working her ass off. She's, you know, these knives are really expensive. She's like making all our family and friends feel weird. Um, <laughs> He's like, please save it, us. <laughs> yeah. But I think mostly it was just like, the commission was really shitty, you know, yeah. for all the work I was putting in, you know, yeah. because every time you did it, you would have to go to someone's house and you were giving like at least an hour long presentation. I will say this though, 
they're really good knives. <laughs> like they, I still have the set and like they don't get dull. It's crazy. That's awesome. You're like, I'll still sell it right now. Do any of your listeners need a knife? Well, if you do, <laughs> slide into Rachel's DMs because she's got a contact at Cutco. Oh my God. I love yeah. it. No. Yeah. So because of yeah. the way that those jobs work, though, you have to have been recruited by a friend or family member to start the sale, right? Like you didn't seek out Cutco and say, hey, I want to be a sales rep. Or did you? That's a really good question. Thank you. No, I think they were smart and they, <laughs> um, I think they like advertised, God, I mean, this, I was like 17. Bless so. girl. I don't even know if like Craigslist existed back then. Maybe I looked in the penny saver. <laughs> You're like, I'm going to sell knives. You know? No, they don't present it like that. They're like, Make learn money. to be an entrepreneur. Oh, for you fuck's know, sake. They, One of the free workshop. <laughs> okay, great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. that's exactly how they did it. Both that and Primerica were like, yeah, come and get this job and, and learn to, to uh, manage your finances and be an entrepreneur and, uh, endless, uh, <laughs> the, the income potential. I don't know. <laughs> no cap yeah. on income. You're about to change your whole fucking life. You're like, cool. I will absolutely go to this workshop. Yeah. And you know, I, I was in school for finance. So I was like, oh, this is going to be like sense. great to put on my resume. Yeah. You know? Like, oh, I'm building my, uh, my marketing and sales experience. Bless your heart. Okay. Um, Was there ever like a last straw? I know you said with the wedding job, you were like, oh, I'm about to become real jaded if I stick around. But was there a final wedding where you were like, this about to be my last wedding ever? Or in any of your jobs, were you like, minus your dad calling on your behalf? Was there a moment when you were like, flip a table, I'm out this bitch? Oh, that's a good question. Wow. Oh, definitely in my executive assistant job, but I know that's not necessarily servicey. As, oh, it is. Or oh, as, it is. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, my <laughs> my old boss at my current company. Um, in hindsight, you know, might be on the spectrum, mm. and no judgment for being on the spectrum, but he just really didn't have a lot of social skills. Sure. Um, and so, you know, he just said whatever came to his mind. There was no nuance, and oftentimes. I like wouldn't hear from him because like eventually he just was working remotely. I like wouldn't hear from him unless that I fucked something up in his mind. Like it was like, I will only call you if you screw something up. And I was like, what the hell? That's weird. And one day, and he was also like kind of a baby, you know, like a man. It was like no way. a, a, a relate. I know, shocking. <laughs> <laughs> I better not. I don't it's hate men. Men are great. No, I don't either. Like this isn't a man hating <laughs> experience, but also what? Sorry, keep going. No, it's fine. I remember there was a, I don't remember what the actual thing was, right? But let's say I had worked really hard on something and he just completely neglected all the work that I had done and then did something completely the opposite of all this work I had done. And I walked into his, and he had also was like notorious for like wanting to cancel meetings last minute. And the clients would be so pissed. Of course. And then they'd get mad at me you. or I'd be the, I'd be the suggestion, you know, complaint box. And I'd be like, <laughs> I'm really sorry. They're like, why is he like that? He's the worst, blah, blah, blah. He can't do this. This is a relationship business. I'm like, I know. I got you. Know. you. I or get he'd it. Be like, he'd be like, do I have to go to this dinner tonight? I'm like, yeah, you do. Yeah. Yeah. Like you're, you're the, you're, you're in charge. Like you. <laughs> Yeah. So I, I remember one day I, I just like stormed into his office and I was like, I can't 
like, you can't do this. And he was like, settle down, settle down. And I was like, oh, no, fucking tell me this. You know, like I was like, you're like, I'm about to become the girl that I was at 13 in your face right now. (laughs) Exactly. Yes. She unfortunately comes out from time to time. But um, (laughs) yeah, yeah. And I ended up twice when I worked for him going and interviewing with other companies, getting a job offer but then eventually turning it down because we have a really good like work-life balance. Hence why I still work there and I'm able to do all my creative endeavors. Yeah. I mean, and that, that matters and it, but it is that sort of weird handcuff situation of if you find a survival job that will allow you to be creative, you'll tolerate more Mm -hmm. than you should. And they, I think a lot of companies exploit that because like, sure, you can definitely, you know, do your thing. We're so supportive of that. And we're going to yeah. neg you into thinking you're only worthy of this particular position. Like all that kind of shit yes. drives me nuts. Yeah. My old, the the prior company to that, they were very much like that. They were like, Rachel, wow, you're, you're so good at dealing with difficult personalities. So here we're going to reward you with a difficult, difficult personality. Oh, it's so unfair. Uh, uh, and I had, oh man, my boss, the boss there, we kind of like were, had like an unhealthy kind of like work husband wife kind of relationship. Like we were too friendly. Like I knew his kids and yeah, one day uh, they, they stupidly configured the desks outside of the offices so that my back was facing him. And rather than like uh, same time me or whatever that was, or message me or call me, he decided to start throwing, throwing stress balls no. at, at the window of his office. No. So I would hear like splat, splat. And I turned around and I ran into his office. I was like, I, and we were too close. So, you know, we would cross back. I'd be like, I said, what the fuck is wrong with you, dude? I was like, what are you, a child? Good job, you. He's like, well, I, I needed to get your attention. I'm like, <laughs> Call me. Do anything yeah. other than throw shit at a window, guy. Anything. <laughs> oh, my God. And so did he stop throwing stress balls at the window after you asked him what was wrong with him? Yes. Oh, okay, good. And it's funny, too. I mean, he's other than that, he's a good dude. Yeah. <laughs> I was just starting to get into acting at that point, And he actually dated Marsha Gay Harden in college whoa so I got to go to like the screening of one of her indie films that she made and like uh Joey Pantaleone was there Joey Pants Joey Pants yeah so I you know so there were some good things I guess yeah all right but um and I feel like my brain has erased a lot of the wedding stuff because some of it was so awful that just it's interesting. Well, oftentimes the food was really shitty. Always. Well, it's yeah. mass produced. Or they wouldn't feed us. And we'd be like, um, we're humans. Hello. Isn't Hello. it interesting? It's like, oh, well, you're at your job. It's like, yeah, but like this job is like a, I don't know, 18 hour day and I'm not allowed to technically take a break. So at some point yeah. between the ceremony and the reception, can I get a cracker? Like, yeah, I, yeah the we're human thing is a real common, it's a real common overlook. <laughs> Uh, have you ever told a customer to fuck off? Oh, you know, I don't think that I have, even though in my brain, I really wanted to. Oh yeah. We've, we've done, we do it in our brains a lot, folks. We do. Um, I don't think I have, I, you know, um, I, I think I probably never wanted to burn my bridges. Yeah. I'm that way too. Um, it's a bummer. Did I ever tell anyone to fuck off? Um, no, I've been on, I've been a customer and told the people on the phone to fuck off once. Wait, why? Um, 
It was a scam. That's oh, why. well, good job. Um, you. Yeah, it was it was warranted. It was one of those like um, taking advantage. The IRS of is coming to arrest you right now. And I was like, fuck you. Yeah, good. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I feel like it's yeah. the sort of prison of being an empath is when you can feel other people's emotions. You don't get joy out of telling people to fuck off and you don't get joy out of being mean. So it's like, fuck, if only I got a little bit of joy out of that, I'd have way better boundaries. Um, yeah. Yeah. What are we? Yeah, doing? and I think my mom just drilled into my head, just like you know, don't don't fuck off, don't f- fuck yourself over, because in the end it'll bite you in the ass, kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and I only got fired once. Um, I worked for a friend of mine's dad. Oh. Uh, one summer, and he wanted he had like his he had his own business and his entire business was in an Excel spreadsheet. Like that's a bad idea. Correct. If you have like an actual like insurance business, like you need like a system, you know? And even though I was a finance major, like I didn't know how to like, he thought I was going to like revamp his systems and like, you know, get his shit running. And I was like, first of all, I don't really know how to do this. Second of all, I was in college and I was working with my best friend at the time. So all I wanted to do was like, fuck around. Yeah. So he fired me. (laughs) Fuck him. Whatever. He did you a favor. (laughs) Yeah, fuck him. He's like, revamp my system. Okay, dude. Um, I was like, what? Yeah. You know, it was also more of an accounting job. And I, you know, I was a finance person. So those are different things, apparently. Question mark, question mark. Those are different things. Well, I had to take accounting Ah. to, to complete the finance degree. But accounting is more like, you know, the, the, the debits and the credits and the adding and the the balance sheet and all that stuff. Finance is more like, you know, the stock market. Ah, okay. I really genuinely didn't know that until right now. Thank you for explaining that. Okay. Um, do you, do you personally tip? Oh my God. Yeah. How much? At least 20% or more. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Just cause like, um, even though I was never a server, um, I have so many friends who have been servers and, just know how hard they work. And um, also from the small time that I bartended, like, you know, they're not, you know, in the US at least, right? They're not making a great base salary. So, you know, my tips are going to make the difference. And also like, I try to think about it. I'm like, what? Giving this person an extra $5, that's like a latte. Mm -hmm. Like I can afford this, you know, and show them my appreciation. And it always, like, I don't do it for the benefit, but it's like, you know, as a result, if you go back to that place, they're probably going to give you like a free drink yeah. or like a free dessert yeah. or just like be really happy to see you. And you both have, you both have a pleasant experience. Yeah. They like, I remember I had a coworker who was like, you just say hi to anyone you feel like it. And I was like, yeah, yeah. like it could be someone on the street. I'd be like, oh, hi, good morning. And, you know, or like genuinely at sometimes people in coffee shops get really like, I'm like, how are you? They're like, because they don't get asked. They don't get asked. Yeah. I'm like, no, I'm genuinely asking you. How are you? How's your day going? They're like, the fuck? Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Is there ever a situation where you wouldn't tip? In an expected, like if you were at a restaurant or a bar or whatever, would you ever not? No, I I can't. It's like not. I I think maybe I'll give 15%. Like that's my fuck you. (laughs) Isn't that funny? That is. That's my baseline. Fuck you too. Um, yeah, or change on the table in addition to the rest of the tip. Like even the worst Uber driver, I think I've still given like a fifteen percent. Of course, like of course, it's just ingrained in us. It's such a what a what another yeah. thing that we can exploit, and it's also that empath thing. It's like they could just be having a bad day. 
Totally. Now you've described some like terrible situations. So you, you may have already answered this, but the last question in this section is always, who's the worst customer you've ever had to interact with and, or the archetype of who would be the worst. So if you can't think of like a specific incident, just give me like a general. Mm. Mm, No, you've answered. I mean, you've given a ton of really great stories about who would be terrible. So I don't want to. Yeah. No, I'm sure there was, though. You know, it's just it really is fascinating how the brain mm-hmm. won't let you go there and chooses what yeah. you. Um, well, it's always when you I think a huge pet peeve for me, and this is just humanity in general, is just people who don't listen. Oof. Right. Like who just they just want to interrupt you. They they don't want to they don't want to hear what you have to say. And um Oh man. Okay. Well, this is, it's not really a customer situation, but it'll make sense Okay. in a certain sense. She was more of a colleague, right? So the, the, the shitty boss, not the, the ball throwing boss, <laughs> but the other one that was like, settle down, settle down. That's yeah. not how he talks, but anyway. <laughs> it is. Um, it is. He's like Indian. He's not, you know, a monster. Uh, settle down. Yeah. So, so he, had like two bosses. He had like his direct boss. And then there was like the dotted line boss that, you know, and he was the head of a committee and they would have these meetings. And of course things would get changed at the last minute. And there would be like presentations that I would have to print out. And of course, you know, I would have to reprint them five minutes before the meeting. So I'd be like, oh my God, this printer. And of course it was like color. So it wasn't coming out fast. So I'm literally sending it to three different printers so I can try to do it within time because everyone's at the meeting and they're very senior and, you know, it's all going to fall on my head. And and in the midst of all this, his boss's assistant, who was, for lack of a better word, a fucking cunt. And <laughs> Those two words. <laughs> and I try to reclaim words like cunt, you know, yeah. and put them in a positive light. But in this situation, she was... Mm. Mm-hmm. asshole yeah and um she's like trying to talk to me and i'm like i i, I listen I, I i gotta go like i i'm trying to get this thing i'll call you right back right and i hang up and she calls me back and she's like how dare you hang and she's from staten island right? uh. how dare you hang up on me you need to know i work your boss works for my boss and so therefore you know and i was like ma'am ma'am And I walked over to her desk and I said, first of all, the only people that yell at me in this life are my parents and they don't even get to do that. So what the hell are you doing? We're not performing brain surgery here. This is a fucking presentation. I'm trying to, you know, get ready for this committee. You don't get to talk to me like that. And she was like. Aghast. Just couldn't handle it. Because no one would ever talk back to her. Because she was was because of who she was connected to. Uh-huh. So then did she yeah. m- beta and just say, okay, my bad? Oh, she didn't talk to me for a week. Oh, and grow then, up. Uh-huh, uh-huh, real mature. Um, <sighs> and like at least 15 years, 20 years older than me, like real mature. You yeah. Know? And, you know, I, I, I called her up and I said, listen, um, we're, we're going to have to work together. Can we Can we sit down? And she was like, okay. And so we met in a conference room and she's like, I'm just under a lot of pressure. And blah, 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 blah. and I said, I understand that. Um, but seriously, we're not in an emergency room. We're not saving people's lives. This is insurance. Like, 
It's <laughs> going to be okay. And you don't need to yell at me. And like, I really, please, you know. Yeah. So. So that's the worst. I get it. I mean, that's, but you handled it really well and you, and you squashed it. So good job you. Thank you. You even made it positive yeah. in the negative section. All right. Well, folks, oh, thank you. we're moving to the good <laughs> stuff. We hope you saved room for dessert. Okay. This is the positive section. All right, Miss Green, what's the nicest thing a customer has done for you whilst you were working? Mm. Mm. That's a good question. Thank you. The nicest thing. It's always the hardest one for people to answer. There's always a very long pause before. Right. We don't remember the good shit. We focus on the bad shit. Well, and also it's, it's so kind of rare if we're being honest. But yes, we do. Our brains I go think, negative. Um, there was one wedding where they were so impressed by us that they gave my dad and I a hundred bucks each tip. That's lovely. Like a nice crisp hundred dollar bill. And wow. as like a 17 year old, that was pretty like, whoa. Girl, I'd be my... stoked on that now, today. That's awesome. Same, same, same. Yeah, that, that I remember that, that like sticks out to me. And, is um, that standard practice to need to tip the videographer? I don't think I've ever, I mean, I've yeah, been to 6,000 weddings. Would, I didn't it know that. It is standard practice oh. or was, I don't know. Um, but, you know, like sometimes it would be like 75 bucks for the two of you. you yeah. Know, rather than like. You're like, we can't even you know. split this evenly. Oh, okay. Right. Yeah, my dad's keeping a crisp 50. Like, my dad you. was so sweet. He would yeah. just like let me keep the whole thing. Bless him. Yeah. Mensch. Yeah. And, and that and that box. Yeah, that, that, that's lovely. You know, that beautiful box. Like they didn't have to give that to us. There was another wedding that I wasn't a part of it, but my dad did that was like on a vineyard and they gave him like a bottle of wine and a bottle of champagne. Damn. Yeah. That's really nice. Yeah. So would you mm-hmm. say that the that those would be, because the next question in the section is usually what's the best tip you've ever gotten? So is that around... Because you've worked fewer tipped positions than not. So was that around the best right. you ever got? Or did somebody like treat you like shit as a videographer, but then they handed you, you know, a G? Oh, uh, yeah. I think probably like $100 was probably the most I ever got tipped. Yeah. Yeah, I guess occasionally there were people who would be really shitty and then they would give you a great tip and you'd be like, oh, well, okay. Isn't that interesting? You know, it's such an I odd... I guess it was worth it. Yeah, it's an odd choice to me though. I'm like, I'd, I'd actually rather you not be shitty. <laughs> like, <laughs> if I could choose between the two because I'm exchanging my time for this, so... Yeah, and, and they were long-ass fucking days. You oh, know, because, girl. you know, first of all, we'd have to get up. We'd have to pack the car full of tons of equipment, right? Drive to the church, wherever the heck that was, right? That would be, you know, at least a half hour, you know, Mm -hmm. minimum usually. Sometimes it was like upstate, so it would be an hour and a half. And then, you know, you got to set up and then, you know, but by the time you're done, I mean, you're starting your day at maybe 10 a.m. and you're ending it at like 1 a.m. Yeah. Because, you know, by the time the reception is over and you have to you know, unpack all the shit. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't, that's good to know that, that it's standard practice to tip. I, a uh, videographer, I need to know that. Okay. What's the best Are you getting married <laughs> girl? <laughs> no, uh, I just need to, you know, no. Cause my, the next, uh, the next opportunity I have to be in a wedding. No, thank you. Please don't ask me. I will just, you know, notice that. Uh, okay. What's the best time that you've ever personally had at work at any of your jobs? Mm. Um, <laughs> getting drunk at holiday parties. <laughs> yeah. No one's ever said that. And it's always a really good time. It's sloppy, but it's always a really oh my good time. God. <laughs> 
Okay. Yeah. Especially with a bunch of yeah, finance was, bros. I bet you have a. <laughs> and, oh my God. It's so funny too, because I was telling someone the story recently. There was one time that we had a holiday party and everyone was just getting slammed, you know, just like, you know. Yeah. And then of course we would go to the the bar after and drink more because that's what we needed. That's to what do, you do. Right? And someone would throw down their card. <laughs> And I started making out with this kid that I would never make out with if I was sober. Like never. never. I love that. And we're like ah, sucking face at the bar and he's like groping me. And my friends are like, what the fuck, Rachel? <laughs> Seriously? And I was like, ah, I don't care. I fuck out. <laughs> and to make matters worse, this is where it gets real good. He, <laughs> he leaves to go to the bathroom. And some other dude, not from our company, oh. swoops in. Oh, he did the tag in. Oh, it's down, buys me a drink, and then takes me home. <laughs> yeah, he pulled the robbery. That is so uh, like impressive. I, like I left with him. And then my friend is like furiously texting me like, bitch, you're wasted. You just, you're, why are you going to let a stranger in your house? And. I was like, no, oh, we're just going to fuck. No big deal. Like, <laughs> it happens. I'm an adult. I like, you know, whatever. I have condoms. It's fine. I bet that poor kid was like, motherfucker, if only I had a bigger bladder, I wouldn't have lost my moment. I wouldn't have like, especially because yeah, he was he, punching outside of his weight class and you're like, nah, I'm going with the dude that pulled the robbery. Like, That's amazing. Yeah. He came back and I was gone. The oh. wow. Did you guys ever talk yeah. about the makeout or was it just like it never happened? Nope. Oh, nope. holiday party drama. That's amazing. Okay. What yeah. is the best lesson you've personally learned from working in customer service? Oh my God. I guess patience is a virtue. You Come know? on. Like yeah, yeah, I think I learned a lot of patience and but I also learned like, you know, it's okay to like have boundaries too. Sure. You know? Sure. Um and yeah, you kind of do that dance, you know, of like, if you're, if it is very service related, you know, you have to kind of be like, okay, the customer's always right until they're not, you know? Mm, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I guess that. That's yeah. great. No, I, I don't think anyone's ever said that. And because I don't want to leave without asking. So how did you know Reiki was going to be the thing that you were going to be able to transition and get into? Because I feel like that's such a derivative. I mean, I, you, you're an oh. empath, so... Yeah. So, <laughs> okay. So in the midst of my finance degree and trudging through it and being miserable, um, Boston University is a big school. So, you know, there was a lot of cool electives that I could take, right? And I did this thing called alternative spring break because I was like, I don't want to go to fucking Cancun and get wasted with a bunch of assholes, right? Yeah. So my friend and I decided to do this thing called the Heifer Project. Um, which is a worldwide organization that helps fight hunger by providing indigenous animals and teaching them and then paying it forward. And it's, it's, it's a really cool thing. So their training camp, I'm making this way longer than I need to, but it's a cool story. So keep going. <laughs> so it was down in Perryville, Arkansas, right? They're like training camp and they have a global village and it's a whole thing. And you learn about, you know, how screwed up the, you know, how resources around the world are so, you know, unevenly distributed and all this stuff. And I met these cool kids and they were like, you have to take this course. And I was like, what? They're like, it's called Stalking the Wild Mind. Shut the fuck up. That sounds cool. Yeah. Like, I could take that as a class. What? And it was literally all things metaphysical. 
right? So we learned about uh, Qigong and acupuncture and tarot and astral projection and uh, past life regressions. And my brain was like, what? This is amazing, you know? <laughs> and this was like before a lot of this stuff is now mainstream. I guess, more mainstream, yeah. you know? And yeah. it, it's more like in the vernacular. And okay. I was just like, what the fuck? This is so cool. Oh my God, you know? And like my grandpa always had crystals. So I was like, oh, like, and I had always gravitated towards them, but I didn't know why. And I would play with them. And I'd had a couple of like really interesting experiences with like, well, I don't know if you want to call it spirits or angels or energy or, you know, as a kid. And this was just like, whoa. It's a so Reiki was one of the things um, that uh, that you, well, was it? I don't remember how the curriculum was set up, but essentially I went into one of these cool shops like where they sell crystals and tarot shit and woo-woo witchy shit, right? And chimes and, you know. And I was buying a deck of tarot cards and the woman behind the counter, um, somehow we got into a conversation that she was a Reiki master. And I was like, oh, that's really interesting. And she was like, yeah, you know, like, feel free to come check it out. And I did a little research. I was like, oh, this sounds so cool. You know, like energy work and I can channel energy with my hands. And then um, for your final project, you pick one of the sort of modalities and you like research it and you do a paper on it. And so there was a group of us that wanted to um, do the Reiki. So we went to this woman, Angela, and I had a dream the night before that I was going to be the one receiving the session, the treatment. And I went into the room with the, these other kids the next day. And I said, she goes, so um, who's going to, you know, do it? And I said, me. She's like, yeah, that's what I thought. And I lay down on the table and she like is doing the work on me. And I'm like, oh my God, this feels amazing. And my body immediately is like, whoa. And she goes, they want me to attune you. And I said, what? She goes, yeah, uh, the spirit guides, they want me to attune you. And I was like, cool. And then like. <laughs> that was it. That was it. <laughs> and then like a month later, um, I was, you know, taking classes and receiving my attunements with her. And it was like a really powerful experience. That's... Yeah. And then I just, you know kept doing it. And yeah, I, I did have clients and I loved it. And at the time, again, it was like not as mainstream or as well-known as it is now. And so, you know, the, 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 if I wanted to work at like a spa or any sort of place, they wanted me to have something else. Yeah. Like whether it was massage or acupuncture or reflexology or some other modality that's that was more tangible, sure. you know. Um, and I was just like, ugh, I don't like people's feet. Gross. Okay. <laughs> Save girl. <laughs> I thought I, 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 I did the research. I mean, I thought about becoming a masseuse. Uh, I thought about studying Ayurveda. I thought about becoming an acupuncturist. I thought about, you know, reflexology and all kinds of shit. And then, you know, yeah. But eventually it was like, okay, I'm not, I'm not going to be able to sustain yeah. on this, you know? Yeah. So. That's lovely. Yeah. I'm glad I asked. This is a very interesting story. Yeah, okay. Thank you. It's well, a, yeah. Last question in this section. What is one piece of advice you would give to customers who interact with customer service workers? Treat people the way you want to be treated. So easy. It's so easy. Yeah. Amazing. Be nice. 
Yeah. Oh God. You know? And you and you'd think you'd think it'd just it's be a reflex. Hard. No, it's, it's so really, much easier. It's so much easier. I say this all the time. I will scream into the grave saying that it's just easier to be kind. It just is. And it's just. It's also just like, you know, it not only makes them feel good, it makes you feel good. Bingo. Bingo. Yeah. Well, Rachel, how can people get in touch with you? How can people not in NYC see the Boss Bitch show? Where's the podcast going to be? Tell us how do people get eyes and ears on you and hear your lovely VO work? Because I'm sure it's awesome. The voices you've done on this podcast. I'm like, my God. Oh, I also used to narrate Harlequin novels. No, you didn't. That's awesome. (laughs) Oh, we have so many things to talk about offline. I get late. Uh, yeah, I, I, I tell a joke about it. I'm like, uh, my favorite line is, his eyes met her gaze and heat <laughs> slithered along his dick. <laughs> That's an actual line you had to record for a book. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, how um, can people, how can people find you? Get, get them. Um, oh, sorry. What'd you say? I stepped on your line. What'd you say? No, I was just going to say there, there's like three of them that are still on Audible. Um, oh, if you yeah. look up Rachel Green as a narrator um, and you can hear me narrate really shitty um, romance novels. I love it. Um, and one of them was so erotic that I had to create a pseudonym. And my pseudonym was Paula Fleetwood. Oh my God. My little name in the street I grew up on. Oh, that's, that would be your stripper name too. That's amazing. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. And that one was called Hungry for More. Okay, so we look up Paula Fleetwood with Hungry for More on Audible or Rachel Green narrating um, (laughs) dirty books. All right, well, how else can people get in touch Um, with you, see you? Yes, Um, so on all the socials, I am the one Rachel Green. So the and then the number one Rachel Green. And um, my website is rachelgreen.nyc. Oh, nice. And because, you know, .com was taken yeah and we are our our, uh all things boss bitch show uh you know instagram is kind of our main hub so it's boss bitch show and we're also on uh tiktok and facebook it's just boss bitch show but it's like without the i so that we don't get blocked and banned by all these prudies yeah our podcast launch it's coming out yeah so uh, we we do have a zero episode up that gives you like a little taste descriptor of what you know what what you have in store so please subscribe um and that's the boss bitch show podcast and you know anywhere you you stream stuff spotify apple you know anchor fun stuff that's great did i forget anything i think that's it and so you're the one rachel green green does not have an e on it look for the spelling and all this info will be in the show notes folks and if you're listening to us on Sirius right now we will have uh you'll still be able to get all this information and folks we are going to drop your checks now thank you so much for listening if you want to help us out here at service from hell we'd love to have you subscribe rate and or review the show wherever you listen it will help us reach more people that need to be schooled on the art of being kind and will be catharsis for those of us still working in the industry if you want to get in touch with us here directly at service from hell send us your receipts to service from hell podcast at gmail.com we'd love to hear from you and thank you Sirius for having us again on she's so funny thank you everybody for listening remember if you can't afford to tip you can't afford to go out so don't be garbage and be good to people it's easier that way thank you so much for being on Rachel you were a delight this was so lovely thank I, what you I'm, for having me I'm gonna have to get you and Kirsten like to I feel like doing you guys together and like I don't know there's 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 more fun to be had because y'all have a whole lot more stories to tell so thank you for Indeed, your time we'd love to Okay, fantastic. All right, folks. Thank you so much for listening. Good night.
you're a delight. This was so fun. Yay, I so really appreciate it. You're, you understood the assignment exactly like Kirsten. You got it. You knew it was an opportunity to tell funny stories. Like, I can't tell you the number of comics who come on here who just want to be sad. And I'm like, oh this isn't that. This isn't that. But yeah, you totally got it. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's funny that you say that because we've had a similar experience as well. You know, And like you said, we're like learning as we go, right? Yeah. And there are a couple of people that like their stage performance, like their their presence is hilarious and boisterous and charming. And then we podcasted with them and we were like, the fuck? Oh, yeah, this sucks. Like, and yeah. it doesn't suck, but it was just so Hard. not what we expected. And like, we've had episodes where it's like, it's that perfect balance of everything you're looking for because, you know, we are sex positive we are witchy woo woo we do both talk about trauma and therapy and all that stuff and we've had episodes where we have just like ridden the wave with people and been like oh my god that was perfection and like we learned shit like the guest yeah. was so good that we were like what the oh my god like i felt like <laughs> oh i had a therapy god. session you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> absolutely <laughs> yeah well you you no, got this it this was great thank, thank you, you for doing it yeah thank you thanks for yeah, your time and shit you had my brain like whoa isn't it crazy i forgot about that ah, oh my god yeah it's like, crazy yeah the number how of how many yeah well, especially if you're jobs? creative, you, you've done 6,000 of these jobs and it's hard to remember them because a lot of them we don't want to remember. So, yeah. Yeah. You're not wrong. You're yeah. Not. All right. Well, Rachel, it was really lovely meeting you. Thank you for your time. You too. And I'll send you everything yeah. when I have it. Oh, hey there, folks. That's going to do it for us for part two with the lovely Rachel Green. Make sure you find her on all of the socials as we wrapped up this episode and you heard all of the handles and you know how to get in touch with her. Go see her and all the things. She's lovely. But that's going to do it for us here this week with part two. Thank you, folks, so much for listening. Good night. Good night.